roll the credits on Jason Kenney just yet. The Alberta Premier may have announced his resignation last night, but he won't be heading out the door quite as soon as perhaps was expected. Today, Kenny met with his United Conservative Caucus in Calgary to determine next steps after he announced he was stepping down. Uh, Kenny said yesterday it was time to leave after he received 51% support in a party leadership review, 514 to be exact, of some 34,000 uh, ballots cast, mail-in ballots cast. Well, today, this morning, Kenny's main critic in caucus, Brian Jean, who was elected in a by-election expressly saying he wanted Jason Kenney to go, told reporters that it was important for Kenny to step down immediately and let an interim leader be chosen. The healing process for our party, our membership, and the caucus can begin only when he's gone. We need to unite this party, we need to renew it, and we need to excite Albertans about the future of our party and our government. Well, after a long day of meetings, it did not work out that way. Late today, it was announced that Kenny would, in fact, stay on as premier and party leader until a new leader can be chosen. That could take some time, and many in a divided party can't be particularly happy that he's sticking around. One half might be. Um, other Alberta Conservative leaders in the past, uh, Conservative leaders Don Getty, Ralph Klein, Ed Stalmach, have all also uh, hung around afterwards. So there is some precedent there. But uh, to talk about this development, joining me now is Max Fawcett. He's lead columnist uh, with the National Observer. Max, thanks so much for your time tonight. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, you, you put you put it very well in a column today. There's never a dull moment in, in Alberta politics, and today was not one either. Jason Kenney is not leaving as fast as perhaps some might have expected last night. Yeah, I mean, in, in that column, I said you always bet on chaos um, <laughs> in Alberta, and, and that was the right bet today because anyone who thought he was going to go quietly, that this would be a normal transfer of power, there would be an interim leader, uh, you know, of course, it's the exact opposite. Who knows what happened in caucus today? You know, I've seen some people suggesting that basically Jason Kenney played his own party. Um, I, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I think, you know, this th- him sticking around is not some gambit for him to get back on, you know, be, be the leader into the next election. I do think he will go away at some point. But, you know, the next few weeks are going to be a lot messier and a lot more chaotic than they probably needed to be. Uh, and I think that just speaks to the nature of Alberta politics right now. Yeah, what do you think was behind it? Was it? Do you think this was simply a decision on behalf of a majority in caucus to say, well, you know, this will be easier if we just let him, if he just stays for now? Or was there a lot more going on? I mean, there's usually a lot more going on, but uh, but it yeah. certainly seemed like a strange decision. I mean, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in, in caucus today just to see what they were discussing because... Uh, because, um, yeah, it, you know, uh, it, I think it's logical that, um, you know, he, uh, is there to sort of take the heat and wear the, you know, wear the bad news. And, and then when they pick a new leader, they can kind of start fresh, but, you know, you'd think they would want to do it with an interim leader then, and, and really just clear the decks and, and have him kind of fade into the background. So who knows how this ends up playing out? I, I don't think there's a very good chance that Jason Kenney, somehow emerges as the new and next leader of the party, but it's the probability is not zero at this point either. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't said yes, but uh, he hasn't quite said no to that speculation either just yet. And he is uh, notorious for his ability to survive in politics. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't bet against it, but I, I might not not bet for it. Uh, we've had about 24 hours to digest all of this now. There was a lot of talk today about what this meant, why it happened. Uh, what was your take on on where Jason Kenney went so wrong that most almost half his own party wanted him out of there? 
Yeah, I mean, it, how much time do we have? It, it, there's a there's a long there's a long story here, but uh, you know, it was interesting to me because I was watching his his closest supporters, uh, you know, sort of how they were carrying themselves into the vote, and they were carrying themselves like they thought they had it in the bag, um, and so was he. He sort of was acting like it was going to be you know sixty five seventy percent yes, and and then he would move on and uh, you know take the, wrap the party up and and take it into the next election. So I think they were surprised by the result, um, which sort of speaks to how he got there in the first place. You know, he lost touch with his party. He lost touch with the membership. Uh, they stopped trusting him. And I think there's a lot of people who probably told him to his face they were going to vote for him and then ended up marking their ballots uh, in an entirely different way. You know, obviously you can point to the handling of the pandemic. No premier has handled it particularly well, but I don't think any premier has handled it as poorly as he did. But I, I think it, it sort of goes even further back than that. You know, he, he rode to power. He won the election by stirring up anger, by, by getting people agitated, you know, against Ottawa, against Justin Trudeau, against, you know, environmentalists, you name it. And I kind of think when you spend that long stirring that pot and making people angry, there's a risk that it blows back on you. And, and that's sort of what happened over the course of the last 18 months is, you know, all these angry people that were members of his own party, uh, started deciding they would like to be angry at him as well as being angry at Justin Trudeau because of, you know, COVID measures and, and public safety decisions that he had to take. So this is really just a case of reaping what you sow. And, and, you know, I think there's a, there's a lesson here for, for other leaders who are inclined to try to use fear and anger uh, as their, their source of political fuel. Uh, and you also mentioned uh, in your column that, that, you know, part of his leadership style was very top down and uh, that doesn't always I mean sometimes that works in federal politics because your your voters aren't always right beside you. But in provincial politics, a top down approach can be a little more difficult when, um, you know, when, when, when you have to try to unite, you have to try to unite, certainly in a place like Alberta, you have to unite different constituents, different voting blocks, different people have different priorities, different philosophies, um, you know, not listening to your to your voters tends to be a, a, a tends to be a real tough one in provincial politics specifically. Well, and he, you know, Kenny built himself very publicly and very deliberately as, as a man of the people. You know, he, he, he came in with his blue truck, um, you know, wearing his blue jeans and, and going to town, 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 town across the province, you know, being the, you know, the sort of populist man of the people. And that's just not who he is. He, you know, he listens to Gregorian chants for recreational purposes. Um, you know, he likes the finer things in life. He enjoys you know, staying in nice hotels. And I think that disconnect between who he pretended to be and who he really is just became more obvious uh, as time went on. And, you know, Albertans are, are good at a lot of things. And one of them is, is kind of sussing out someone who is not uh, being honest about who they really are. You know, they, they don't like phonies. And it's why, it's why Ralph Klein, for all of his faults, um, was so immensely popular, probably longer than he deserved to be because he was genuine. He was authentic. Uh, he did not hide or pretend to be something he wasn't. And Kenny has always sort of tried to, you know, be something that he really isn't at his core. And so, you know, I, I, I sort of think that, that that helps explain, you know, why he lost the trust of caucus, why he lost the trust of his members, and ultimately why he lost the leadership review. Uh, it's going to be a tough road ahead for the UCP. I, I gather there's already people lining up for the job. We saw a few today. Uh, what's that going to look like? 
as I said earlier, you know, always bet on chaos. So, you know, Danielle Smith uh, is back and she's suggesting that, you know, the, the party needs to apologize to, to people for being, you know, tough on them during COVID. Like it, it is going to be a, a no holds barred battle Royale. Um, you're going to have Brian Jean, obviously in there. You might have some cabinet ministers in the current government you might have Michelle Rempel Garner or Ronna Ambrose. Who kn- who knows who's going to be there? Um, I think it's likely that this par- this United Conservative Party ceases to be united. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like, but I think you know the glue that Jason Kenney put on these two very different wings that he sort of you know fastened together uh, is about to break apart. And if you're the NDP, that is a very good and interesting thing. And, and you're just going to sit back and, and watch the festivities unfold. Yeah. If your opponent's making mistakes, stay out of the way, as they, as they always say. I'm speaking with exactly. Max Fawcett, lead columnist with the National Observer. We're talking about Jason Kenney's resignation. Uh, the, uh, the development today, of course, that uh, that his own caucus has, has allowed him now to stay, or asked him at least, we believe, uh, to stay on until a new leader is chosen. So it could be another six months of him as both premier and head of the UCP, despite that very slim uh, support, the majority support he got of 51.4%. After this, there's been a lot of talk today about what this means to the broader conservative movement across the country, uh, whether moderates are no longer welcome. And it's an interesting fit. It's an interesting take. I've heard a lot of it over the last uh, 24 hours, and we'll talk about that after this. We have real issues in Alberta, and we need real leadership. And so I really do think that it's time for the moderates and conservative movements in this country to step up and ask themselves, where's this train going and where's it going to stop? Randy Boissonneau there, a federal cabinet minister from Alberta, talking about uh, what's happened, uh, talking ostensibly about Jason Kenney's uh, lack of support from his own party, 51.4%. But I've also heard it in many corners today, Max, uh, speaking with Max Fawcett, who's a lead columnist at the National Observer, many corners, many laments coming from sort of the more moderate, uh, call them the, uh, you know, sort of the conservative side, the old progressive conservative side about Jason Kenney's fate. Is that fair comment? Is that why Jason Kenney was, he? I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of the, picture he's painted that he was driven out by sort of a more extremist or more intolerant side of his own party but but the way you describe it it doesn't really feel that way yeah i mean i think that's that's some revisionist history that he's trying to craft for himself that he is this you know principled moderate and he's been he's been you know driven out of the party by uh the the sort of far-right fringes you know that was a a fringe that he was actively courting uh, for a very long time during the pandemic, you know, he was always talking about, you know, how it was super important to protect people's freedoms and freedoms must come first and, and don't want to do anything with the pandemic that encroaches on people's freedoms. And, you know, that was the kind of talk that ultimately metastasized into the freedom convoy that, that descended on Ottawa earlier this year. So no, he's, you know, he's not a moderate. He's one of the most conservative conservatives to ever have governed in this country, far more conservative than anyone uh, since Peter Lougheed, you know, uh, and certainly Peter Lougheed was not anywhere close to as conservative. So, you know, he goes back to the, the kind of Ernest Manning days of, of conservative premiers in Alberta. Um, you know, so I think that's, that's a very valiant effort by his, you know, his uh, enablers and supporters to try to recast him that way. And I, and I think that, you know, the sort of moderate position in the party sort of writ large is increasingly tenuous. You know, you, you saw Ed Fast today, who, yeah. or I guess it was yesterday, who was the, the finance, was the finance critic, uh, lose his job uh, in that role because he basically 
called a spade a spade with Pierre Polyev and his comments about firing the governor of the Bank of Canada. So, you know, I, I think we are seeing a shift uh, in the conservative movement further and further to the right. But Kenny wasn't a victim of that. He was one of the architects of it. It's interesting you put it that way because I mean, one always got the sense that 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 um, you know a lot of his sort of call it sort of intellectual conservatism. I mean, a lot of the things he was trying in Alberta weren't all that popular. I mean, these were sort of as you mentioned, this was sort of fiscal conservatism and and a lot of uh, a lot of different things that that he was trying. But a lot of it was sort of felt like it was bred from from the '90s, from sort of the old Canadian Taxpayer Federation days, from Ottawa, from the Harper years. Uh, was that just out of touch with modern Alberta? Yeah, I, I forgive me. I can't remember who said this, but someone said that you know maybe the the flaw with Kenny is that he still thinks Alberta is the way it was when he was with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation in the '90s, sort of fighting with Ralph Klein, um, and he hasn't updated his his worldview uh, of what you know Alberta is like today, which is a much different place. You know, I, there was also a very good interesting piece, I'm not going to say good, um, by Sean Spear, who is a former Harper uh, staffer, Harper advisor, who basically was was sort of lauding Kenny and saying what a great premier he'd been and, and said that it was because he had used Alberta as a laboratory for conservatism in Canada. And I think that kind of gets to it, is, is he really did see Alberta as a place to test out and try sort of the more radical ideas, whether it was around you know, the, the education curriculum or the relationship with public sector unions or, or whatever it might be. And, and the thing about running experiments is that you probably should tell the people you're running the experiments on about it. I don't think Albertans appreciate being treated like lab rats. And I think, you know, when you, you know, whether it was the pushback to the curriculum, the pushback to the, you know, so the coal mining plans, um, you know, you name it. I think you saw the, the you know, the people who are being experimented upon resist the experiment. And, and ultimately, you know, I think that's a part of uh, his unpopularity in this province right now. Yeah. And just from, I mean, I'm in BC, but the fighting with the teachers, the fighting with the healthcare workers, the provincial parks thing, it just felt like uh, he was picking a fight with just about anybody he could find. And then all of a sudden he picked one fight too many with his own party. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was so much about what was best for Alberta as it was and what was best for Albertans as it was, how far can we push this? You know, how, you know, let's, let's try this on a smaller scale. And if it works in Alberta, if it's successful in Alberta, if the public puts up with it, then maybe we can try it at the federal level. Um, and sure. I mean, I guess that's one way of doing politics, but uh, I think we see the proof in the pudding right now that, that, you know, he, he uh, is just the latest conservative premier of Alberta, not to finish his term uh, you know, the people in some respects have, have spoken here. And, you know, hopefully the next premier, whoever it is, treats Albertans like voters, like citizens and not like subjects in an, in an experiment. Six more months, though, it looks like or perhaps it might take that long uh, for another leadership race. But uh, more more Jason Kenney, at least for the time being. Max Fawcett, thanks so much for uh, taking the time tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun.